Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, pod people, and welcome back to Classic Ads from Simpler Times, recorded today live in Tony Williams' kitchen here in sunny Perth, Western Australia, where the time is 20 past 1987, and we've just been dropped back into a lockdown because some bellend from Melbourne got COVID, then went for a chicken parmy in Cardinia before dropping in at Coles so he could fuck up a long weekend for 2.8 million people. UK listeners probably have little sympathy over a mere three-day lockdown when they haven't been outside since April last year, but let's be honest, if you live in Britain... You probably don't want to go outside anyway when the entire place is ankle deep in litter and smells like a tramp's arse most of the time. Anyway, why not block out the darkness by listening to me? Has been advertising suits Steve Cook and Matt Lawley's Premier Noodle Expert and TV commercial director Tony Williams as we explain how Colonel Dietrich got a face transplant. Before moving on to find out where the tones would leave Jennifer Aniston for Angelina Jolie, how long it takes to train a crack squad of squirrels to crack nuts and whether the leader of the Mujahid Dean Brigades has a future in advertising. Yes, welcome to the episode where Tony reveals that his cold, shriveled heart has no room in it for even one of the quarter of a million colourful bouncing balls used in today's ad for Sony's Bravia TVs. The levels of downbeat on display from Western Australia's foremost Jimmy Savile impersonator will remind some of our listeners of the Lego Kipper ad, where the absence of Tommy Cooper led to Tony sitting in the studio for an hour and a half, displaying the face he usually reserves for a difficult poo. It's true, pod people. Tony's an absolute fucking fun sponge in this one, behaving like a man from the near future, where happiness has been banned and everyone has to walk to work in bare feet over paths strewn with Lego. But we, that's you and I, can rejoice together. For it's 2005, 100 million people in Indonesia are sat in the dark, devastated because they can't watch Kembalo get married again. More importantly, Fallon London is about to get a gold line at Khan after buying every ball in the contiguous United States. Enjoy today's listen, won't you? Um, have you, uh, just without being funny, uh, do you remember this ad? Let's get started and I'll tell you. Okie dokie, let's go. Let's well, get ready to bumble. Welcome back, Tones. Hello, Stephen. I think the, uh, oh, good, do you know what? Let's just stop there and I'll put some batteries in the recorder. Oh, it's very echoey. I know, I turned it up a little bit. I don't think it's that echoey. Major Tom. Is it? <laughs> Who is it? Ground control, control to Major, Major Tom. Tom. Okay, Tones, welcome back. Let's have another go. Batteries in, everything's turned on. It's even recording this time. Oh, good. We're going back to 2005. 2005. That's not that long ago, is it? 16 years ago. I think, oh, go on, I'm sure you're going to tell us what happened that year, but I've got some, um, yeah. Have some, you got memories? Tell me what your memories are. My first son was memory. born. Memory. card is a mama. Sorry, can you throw it out? The, the pub's closed now. <laughs> the pub singer's on his world tour. That's memories. How do we, 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 I think you're going to sing, um, memories. Elaine Page, chess. 
2005, YouTube is launched. YouTube is launched, yeah, quite correct. The first video was... Isn't it cool? Wasn't it something like We're at the Zoo yeah, or right. something like it that? Was, it was, it was um, a day at the zoo or whatever, and that was uh, the YouTube founder. So, and from then so on, it's been full of pussy cats. <laughs> pussy cats. We interrupt this broadcast. <laughs> Surgeons in France carried out the first human face transplant. Guess who it was on? Um, John Travolta and Nick Cage. No, it was on... Castor Troy! It was... Um, Colonel Dietrich. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. That's American days. They just call me Brulee. <laughs> Dave Allen, Luther Vandross and Noriyuki Morita all died. Mm-hmm. Who is Noriyuki Morita? I don't know. Better known as Pat Morita. Oh, Pat Morita. Oh, Daniel-san. Wax on, wax off. Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi. From Miyagi-Do. The words, the words glamping and sexting were officially added to the Oxford English Dictionary. Wow. I wonder if people were glamping when they were sexting. Probably not. I like this one. Indonesia suffered the world's largest, or the world's, not the world's largest, the world's best power cut. You like this? How many people do you, you know, because you, when I was a kid, we used to have power cuts all the time, especially mm. in the winter, but it'd be like half of our village, which was like 50 people or something. So they had um, a power a power cut in Indonesia. How many people do you reckon? Oh, 75,000? 100 million. No, there's not 100 million people in Indonesia. Yeah, it's like the... 100 million? Yeah. Indone- 100 million? <laughs> there's not. Isn't, I think Indonesia is the third largest country in the world by population after India and China. I know there's about 40 islands. Not the best of starts, but let's look on the bright side. At least the recorder's turned on today. Indonesia's population of 271 million people actually ranks fourth in the list of the most populous nations behind the US with 330 million, India with 1.3 billion and China with 1.4 billion. The UK ranks 21st with 66 million people and Australia comes in at a lowly number 55 with just under 25 million people. We do, however, have Kylie Minogue and Richie Benno. So wherever you are, rest assured that we wouldn't be you for fucking quids. But I didn't realise... Um, um, the internet told me that there was a power cut in Indonesia and 100 million people were affected. Wow. Lance Armstrong won a seventh straight Tour de France. <laughs> History hasn't served Lance very well, has it? No, it hasn't, was it? Dope. History hasn't served the next chat very well either. Michael Jackson is found not guilty <gasps> of child molestation charges. I deliver all the children. <laughs> I was um, looking at a documentary on, um, uh, watching a documentary on his Neverland Ranch. I went to see him live, I've got to say, most amazing thing. Really? Like, this is before all the kiddie fiddling charges and, and whatever. It was absolutely incredible, except, like, you know, we're quite close and, like, just thinking, wow, watch, watch this guy. Because, you know, he, he changes his um, pants three times per show because he loses that much weight through sweating and dancing. You know he's dead, right? So he's not changing his pants yeah, anymore. Yeah, but that's when he did, right? So um, he's doing this big show, and then I just remember going, OK, I love you. And he looks right to the back of the concert hall, and in massive letters, the words Perth, I love you, Perth. <laughs> I mean, the guy didn't know where he was, did he? Didn't know whether he was coming or going. Uh, were you a PlayStation guy or a Xbox guy? Um, back in the day, I was a PlayStation. Okay, so in 2005, Microsoft launches the Xbox 360. Yeah, I didn't do the 360. It was a bit for elder nerds. And PlayStation 3 was launched. Mm. Was that a big deal, PlayStation 3 or not? PlayStation 3 was. I think PlayStation 3 sold more units than PlayStation 1 and 2 together in its first quarter, if I'm not wrong. Am I wrong? Didn't get that far. Oh, just I think we're going to go back to the whole PlayStation, the double life review, where we went into the numbers in depth, didn't we? 2005, Tom Cruise started jumping about on Oprah's couch for some reason. That's right. Um, Brad, That's Brad Pitt left Jennifer Aniston <sighs> for... Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie. Would you? Would you have left Would you have left Jen for Angelina? Yeah, I prefer Angelina. She's got a bit more edge. Prince Harry was photographed at a party dressed as a... As a Nazi. It's dressed as Colonel Dietrich. Oh, we live together. We came together. Why didn't this without me? Uh, Mark Zuckerberg offered to sell Facebook to the owner of MySpace. Oh. And he turned him down. Right. Uh, the price was... He, the offer price was 75 million US. And then there was the um, the Winkle, Winkle Bros. The, Win- the, the Winkle... Perry Winkle Brothers. What was that name? The Wee Willy Winkle, Winkle Brothers. Winkle Winkle Yeah. Twins. The Winklevoss twins, yeah. 
The vessel, they look like they're made in some kind of laboratory, don't they? They look identically stupid. They're pro- <laughs> identically rich. I have two classic pieces of information for you now mm. about 2005. The first one is... Do you remember the movie Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Oh, do I remember it? Yes, good day to you, sir. The, yeah. Tim, the Tim Burton version. Oh, yeah. Um, there is a scene where a load of squirrels sit in front of a conveyor belt. Yeah. Cracking nuts. That's right. And apparently some of them go on to be put in the chocolate if they're good enough and some of them don't. Yeah. Those are real squirrels. And they had an animal trainer on set for five months teaching 40 squirrels how to, how to crack nuts. You're lying. <laughs> no, you look it up. Really? Oh, yeah. it must be true then. But there was no CGI in that scene. They had 40 tight squirrels. <laughs> well, there must have been nuts. a bit of matting and a bit of comping, but... <laughs> really? Oh, okay. Do you know the Germans can't say it's, it's squirrels? You can't pronounce it. It's got some verbs in there. Like, there's a great YouTube clip of watching German people trying to pronounce squirrels. So can't say it. Squirrel. My other, my other favourite bit of information about 2005. Iranian terrorist leader Abu Mossab al-Zakiri. Is that Hookhand? Dr. Hook, Captain Hook? Don't know. He claimed to have kidnapped an American soldier and a statement by the Mujahideen brigades was sent to the media and they identified the captive American soldier as John Adam and they sent a photograph along with the media statement and said that if some existing male and female prisoners in in US prisons were not released within 72 hours they would behead their captive John Adams. Pictures show that the hostage was actually an action man. Oh no! (laughs) Really? It was an action man. What just out of focus somewhat? Just, like, did they, did they try and make it look like a real person? It was kind of shot quite far away. Oh, what do you keep saying to you? Enemy at the base. He's a, Enemy uh, at the base. Apparently, the giveaway was his eyes kept lighting up. <laughs> and his, yeah, but his fingers look really, really realistic, grippable. <laughs> wow. I reckon Abu Musab could have had quite a career in advertising. My that God. kind of imagination. Yeah. He was a really good creative director. I've got to look at that picture up. That's great. 2005. There it is. The ad that we're going to look at today. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I've decided to... No, no, no. Once you've got this ball, ball running, you really? can't stop. Okay, well, I did look it up, 2005. So in 2005, Deirdre Barlow is actually Deirdre Rashid. What? Yes. So She I married mean, to an action man. She gets around on Deirdre, doesn't she? They both do. Um, they're both, uh, yeah, they're having been, it all gets a bit, you know, they're divorced and then they're remarried and they're divorced and they're remarried. Well, you can think about the writers going, oh, what are we going to do this week? We've got the same 12 people. So Ken asks Deirdre to marry her. And at first she says no because it's a, she feels like it's a marriage of convenience. What, the Rashid one? No, Ken asking Deirdre. Right. And then she relents and they agree to get married But again. he was married to her at the beginning, wasn't he? Uh, it may. He's been married to her about four times so oh, far. Oh, you don't go back to leftovers, do you? You know, she's died, she died in real life. So they had to end that storyline. Really? Yeah. What happened? Did, did he kill her? Or did they? Did she go to, go to Corfu and fall off like a, a boat or something? I don't know. Oh. I feel like I've dug myself a hole here that I can't well, get out of. You can never get that Barlow too high. Ooh. 2005. Much. We're going to look at an ad for Sony. The product is the Bravia TV, mm. and the advert is known as... Colour Balls. It's just known as Balls. Balls. The agency was Fallon in London. Creative director was Richard Flintham. He was the creative director on the Cadbury's Eyebrows ad. Do you remember that? I don't know that. That's a really good ad, uh, directed by Tom Conant. No. Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. (laughs) Yes. Uh, The copywriter on this ad was a bloke called Juan Cabral, who was from Argentina. He was fairly early in his career, but he did go on to work on the Capri's Gorilla ad. Uh You know what? I haven't seen that. I mean, that's all right. I say I haven't seen it. I've seen it, but we should look at that. We should look at that. Juan Cabral went on to win 19 Cannes Lions, two Grand Prix, a black pencil. For what? And he became CD at Fallon in 2007. For what? For this ad? No. But he went on to... Well, this no, this ad did win at Cannes. We'll get onto that a bit later. Uh, the director was a bloke called Nikolai Fuglisig. I thought it was Tom Kuntz. No. Oh. Tom Kuntz was the director of the Cadbury's Eyebrow. Sorry, okay. Nicholas, or Nikolai, went on to work with Guinness, Nike, Motorola and Coca-Cola. The DOP on this ad was a bloke called Joaquim Baca. I say. That would have been Juan's friend, wouldn't it? I probably, I think I mangled that. I think, it, I think you're right. I think it's Juan's yeah. offsider. Yeah. Okay. Sony Balls. Do you remember anything about the ad? I think, funny enough, I've got a Sony Bravia TV sat on the floor there with a smashed screen. Mm, I'll tell you that. Sony Balls. 
Here's the ad, pod people. If you like Jose Gonzalez or you're a fan of the track, then sit back and enjoy. There's a link in the pod notes that will take you to the ad on our YouTube channel. The, the, the track is amazing. It's um, I used to listen to it on repeat on um, Hotel Costes compilation. Um, it's well, I it, Jose Jose Hernandez, I think. Gonzalez, something like that. It's brilliant. It's a great Jose song. Gonzalez. It's an awesome soundtrack. And we are in San Francisco on um, I think it's Knob Hill, which is the big um, big street which has got the um, undulating hill all the way down, and thousands upon thousands of coloured balls start bouncing from the top of the hill, down the hill, interacting with everything they they hit. The colour becomes um, quite impactful. Um, it bounces off walls, frogs jump out the way, it knocks over rubbish bins. And yeah, and basically at the end it says, uh, Sony Bravia colour like no other. Colour like no other. Colour color like no other. Um, and that's basically the core of the ad. Do you want my take on it now? Uh, yeah, go, go, go. See, I'm very torn on this because, as I say, I love the song, I think it's completely wrong. Ah, interesting. Um, the idea of the ad, I love the visuals, but the ad goes on, well, I mean, the, the cut I watch goes on about five times longer than it needs to. It just get, becomes monotonous after a while. And then when it starts hitting the, the dregs of like drain pipes and frogs and knocking over garbage, and you're going, where's this going with colour? And in the end, the, the balls never really sort of, um, sort of come to fruition in this big, amazing you know, splash of colour. It just says, Sunny Bravia, colour like no other. But I'm assuming you're watching it on your non-Bravia TV. So the whole strategy is just flawed. It's like watching something on a crappy TV saying, oh, colour like no other, like this ad, it's full of colour. It's not that I said I don't get it. I think it's beautiful. It stirs the emotions for a while, but then it just becomes a bit, it goes past art and then it becomes really mundane. Let me tell you what I know about this. The There is no CGI in this ad. Nicholas Fugsleek decided early on in the piece that he wanted everything shot in camera. And originally the idea was that they wanted to send a million balls down uh, the street. The main street is Leavenworth Street in the Russian in the Russian Hill, Hill, yeah. Russian Hill district of San Francisco. But um, it, they actually had to ditch the million ball idea because they couldn't find a million balls. There weren't a million balls really? in, in the US. And the ad actually ended up using 250,000 balls. 
every single car in that ad is a prop. Yeah, they are very well placed, actually. There's, there's, it sort of says Americana, some of them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because the balls that they used, uh, they were a combination, but there were a lot of what we... Do you remember, um, do you remember when you were a kid, you used to have super balls? <laughs> I've got them now, thank you very much. Which were basically solid rubber, weren't they? That you bounce on the floor and you bounce Yeah, so a lot of those yeah. a lot of those balls are super balls, but yeah. they're quite heavy. Yeah. They're, apparently, there were a lot of broken windows and a lot of uh, quite a bit of damage done. Wow. During the during the filming, Sony had a problem, and this ad solved the problem. The problem was that uh, sales of Sony TVs were going down, and their research told them that consumers saw all TVs as being exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So all TVs were basically at parity, and the problem was that Sony TVs were more expensive than every other TV. And they also had a problem in that the company was seen as out of touch because. 2005 was the year that Apple launched the iPod. So digital technology was becoming more of a, um, coming more to the forefront. So Sony wanted to go to market with, and and the central proposition for this campaign was that they wanted to reposition Sony as an entertainment brand rather than, than as a technology company. So what they briefed Fallon to do was to create an ad which didn't use any jargon didn't talk about technology, you know, because uh, the category at the time, from what I remember, it, were LG were just beginning to get into it, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of this kind of super close up, yeah, um, about, and talking about how lifelike the picture was yeah, yeah. because of X, Y, yeah. and Z. And apparently, uh, Sony went to Fallon and said, "Now we just want you to talk about mm. entertainment." and make it more emotional rather than feature-based. So it's interesting because, you know, Sony's one of those TVs you buy because you know it's better quality. Like, hence, you know, that Vega there. Funny enough, I bought that, oh no, that's um, Bravia, sorry. I bought in 2009 and it's lasted until like a month ago mm. because you know it's better, which is an inherent problem, isn't it? Because it hasn't got the inbuilt obsolescence so people aren't buying them again. But it's, you know, it's the trustworthy one that you dad will say, oh, go Sony, it's, you know, much better. So Sony's marketing director at the time said the brief was essentially to get rid of the idea that all TVs were created equally. Mm. I didn't know, but Bravia actually stands for something. Beautiful, radiant, and <laughs> vivid. So, so Bravia stands in for Asia. Best Resolution Audio-Visual Integrated Architecture. So it doesn't then really, does it? <laughs> sort of made it up, didn't you? So can we add another word? Because at the moment it says Bravia. I think, um, you know, Sony had just laid off 10,000 people in 2005. They were, they were looking for a life raft. So the ad was designed to illustrate, I'm I'm reading out here, reading from my notes, the ad was designed to illustrate the depth of colour, detail and quality of its Bravia TVs, hence the picture was, uh, the picture provided colour like no other. How can anyone assume that brief's been answered when it demonstrates colour? Because if my TV that I'm watching on looks great, then fuck Bravia, I wouldn't bother, you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, I have a theory. Unless, unless, as usual, and maybe because it's so long, maybe it's just one of those in-store things that run. Like you know, you always see like the flight over New York or the crocodile snapping the chicken that you never ever see normally. Because as soon as you uh, buy your TV, you get it back and it's home and away, and you can see all the zits, <laughs> right? But you know, all the like the the, 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 the fly over the cities yeah. at night. Maybe it was an in-store demo. I think this is a re- actually a lot simpler than. Um, then sometimes you and I make stuff out to be. I mean, essentially what they're doing is they made the brand famous, didn't they? If you're in Harvey Norman, it's like the, you know, that old idea that nobody ever got fired for buying an IBM. Mm. You don't want to appear stupid, do you? You don't want to spend a certain amount of money on a piece of equipment that turns out to be rubbish, whether or not it actually is rubbish. Like I'm sure that the technical difference between an LG and a Sony is, you know, a cat's cock hair. It's not, there's not a golf in the technology. All they did with this ad was made Sony famous. But Sony was already famous. Yeah, but they made it famous to people who were buying TVs. But it already was. So it made it so that if you went into Comet and you had the choice between buying an LG and buying a Sony that was, say, I don't know, 15% more expensive, the brand was... TV famous. But Sony, yeah, but they were already there. They had the, uh, the wet Vega before, right? Sony Vega. Okay, so if, I mean, if, if you're so saying... LG came in as a, as a uh, you know, a cheaper alternative from Korea, right, against the Japanese Sony. So Sony were already there. So I don't know if they had to make their... their or maybe at that time, 2005, 
you know, I used to look at, I was in Japan at that time, I used to go into the big camera, it's called, and, and go into and see these huge big TVs. Well, I say they're huge. They were like 68, 70 inches, which were huge at the time. That'd have been about $15,000. Mm. And you can buy the same TV now for about three or four. Yeah. So, I mean, it's moved on. So and they're obviously, you know, super thin as well now. Yeah. I guess it was just, yeah, maybe looking for that standout, but I don't know whether they have to make a name for themselves. I mean, I have a, a slight advantage on you because I've done a bit of research, but the uh, three weeks after the launch of this ad in the UK, the, you couldn't buy a Sony Bravia TV in the United Kingdom. They were sold out. Well, they should have put some That's in the end of it. Sold them. Oh. So my argument is that they made so many TVs famous, famous enough to sell every single one in the UK. That's fair enough. But you know, do, do, would you agree with that print? You know, the, there's a print. The principle behind a lot of advertising it's taken the high ground is, it, but it is to make it famous, isn't it? It's like you know, Sony Sony TVs, marmalade, Sony TVs, soap powder. If you're in if you're in a retail environment, you're looking for somebody to help you make a decision about buying a product and you go in and you choose Purcell because Purcell was the last ad that you saw and WPP had spent and fucking, you know. And the guy keeps coming on your doorstep so we just swap two of these. <laughs> Danny, yeah. Danny Boyle. No, it wasn't Danny, Danny Boyle. Baker. Danny Baker, the most annoying man. But, okay, so in that case, so that, that's fine. Um, but... Let's just say at the end of that, I, I, I don't know, I watched like a three-minute version, maybe two-minute version. So there's a two-and-a-half-minute version. version actually ran? So the, the, the two-and-a-half-minute version was the version that aired, that broke the campaign. And they so it ran on once on Trust uh, they, they ran on the Super Bowl. They bought the whole ad break Super Bowl. on Sky Sports. All oh, right, okay. But then there was a 60 cut down, a 30 cut down, and a 20 cut down. The ads ran all across Europe. But focused on the UK, Australia, and New Zealand. I was what, trying to remember the, what the actually saw. At the end. And it could be LG. This is it could this be is whatever you want. This is really interesting. Panasonic. So that two and a half minute ad has a shot of the product, which is the end frame essentially, and it lasts three seconds. Yeah. And it's a picture of a TV, and it yeah. just says Sony Bravia. But I mean, what the, what the ad had was the, you know was that that talkability right factor, the X factor. Yes. So people talked about it, and so they said, "Oh, did you see that Sony ad? You know, the water yeah. cooler chat." Yeah. But. Yeah, I, I never actually saw it um, on, on TV. I saw it on uh, the awards reels and so I'd love to be able to say that I saw it on TV, nothing, but I didn't. I didn't uh, but I over the it. years, you know, I saw it, and I've ne- it's not one of those ads that I sort of thought, oh, I must watch it all. I, I sort of either been in the room when it was on, I've never said, oh, can you stop that playing again? I want to see it. It's never really grabbed me to watch because I kind of got what it was. Right. Uh, just to put it out there, but I mean, by a, by a, a lot of measures, it was a huge success. Three weeks. It was a, it was a huge, sorry, it was a huge success because you couldn't buy one. So were they um, amply stopped? Were they overstocked until well, they ran I the mean, commercial? They, they didn't say that they ran out two days after the ad ran. They, they're saying that three weeks later there were no Bravia TVs in the UK. Was Bravia a new technology? Was this the uh, introduction and the, the announcement it of was, uh, Bravia? They were saying that it was effectively the brand launch of Bravia, and the technology was looks at notes uh, LCD so it was yeah. the, the, one of the, the very, very first high definition LCD screens yeah. 16 years ago Wow, that sounds, would have been expensive. Sounds like a long time ago. So I'm guessing, obviously, in, in Comet or Dixon's or whatever it is, they would have had a lot of info on, on the floor to talk about it and probably, you know, that ad running on the screen, it would have looked amazing. But selling it out from that ad, I don't know. Uh, the Sony website got 3 million hits in the month after the ad ran. 40,000 people downloaded the ad. It's really weird. Well, it's not weird, but it's, it shows how quickly the media landscape has moved on. They, they set up a special website called Sony Bravia Ad, which isn't up anymore. But you could download the ad, you could get a screensaver, you could get the down, um, you could download the making of video, and you could download the song, which was called... I love the song. The song. I don't know. I used to, I know it was Jose someone. Jose um, Gonzalez. Jose Gonzalez. But it, it just, it didn't, you know, I, I'm sure I've seen since for possibly Sony, possibly someone else who knows, things like, um, you know, um, powder exploding on the um, on the horizon, you know, massive yellow explosions shot 50 feet up in the air, blue, pink, you know, that sort of bright colour thing. Wasn't that PlayStation? No, no, no. I think um, it was for, well, there you go, right? So maybe it was a bit of art, I don't I, know. I'm kind of with but you. But that's a sort of explosion, I'm kind of with you and I'm kind of not with you. So, so what about- I actually really enjoyed sitting there for two and a half minutes listening to Jose Gonzalez sing Heartbeats by the Swedish Heartbeat, duo that's right, The yeah. Knife. Yeah. Um, the original Knife song is um, a bit more spiky. Let's expose ourselves to another copyright lawsuit, shall we? Here's a bit of the Swedish duo The Knife doing their thing. Confused, one night to speak of truth. We had a promise. 
still, yeah, it was for a while. But then you're sort of like, yeah, more balls. And then what do you think when it hit rubbish bins and like there was shit coming out of the, of the garbage can? What do you think then? I'm, I'm going, what's that about? Like, it's, it's, uh, no, but were the chips supposed to look like super yellow or were they supposed to look dirty? Yeah. The frog I could kind of live with because, oh, yeah, I guess they sort of caught a frog. I, I think we've it. already dealt with this, but I mean, basically, you're right. They're trying to create a water cooler moment, aren't they? Yeah, look, they've done it, right? That's yeah. what I mean. I'm torn. I think it's, it's a beautiful piece of film, yeah, it's a great bit of media. I think as soon as you start to examine it, you know, it, it, there's a few holes there. The most obvious idea is the visual link association of the balls with collar, right? So the strap on the on the ad is uh, collar like no other. Yeah. A lot of balls, they're all very colourful. It's quite strange that um, we've got a, a kind of role reversal going on. You're being a bit... Sensible. And I'm, I had a very childlike response to it. It no, reminded it's, it's, me of being a child and bouncing balls around the street. It is, it's good. And that's fantastic. So if it was, a, you know, if it was a... I do agree with you. I did sit there wanting some kind of resolution, and there isn't a resolution. You just have more bouncing well, balls. Not a resolution, but in the end, you go, okay, yeah, lovely colour. But I, I don't get it. So, as I say, unless it sort of it was a, um, a sort of journey, maybe there's a consumer experience and like the walkthrough from seeing it on the TV to going in store, seeing it on there. Maybe they did side by side comparisons they could do in the store. They couldn't do on TV. I don't know. Maybe there was a familiar visual running in the shop window. Right. I really don't know. But maybe I'm, maybe it's me just being short-sighted but I don't know how you can sell There's a, the benefit is amazing colour on your normal TV now there is an amazing parody that was done by Tango so the Tango parody is done in a on a hill yeah but it's a street of terraced houses and instead of the you know kind of iconic Dodge pickup parked on the, there's a Morris Marina oh, brilliant. and a Ford Fiesta and a Cortina and then all this fruit starts oh, bouncing down the hill. Lovely. It's really good. The fruit starts bouncing. It smashes windows. It knocks all, um, it, it knocks flower boxes off okay, windowsills. That parody, the Tango one, they've got more colour in it and more zest, no pun intended, than the Sony Bravia one does. I think it was done a while after this one as well. That. You know, because they pick lots of dark colours and the fruit really pops. I think it's great. The Look tango one? Yeah, there's more oh, colour in there, honestly. It's kind of slightly spoiled at the end where the, the, hand comes the out. lady's face comes out of the pile of fruit. Yeah. I mean, and she's got, a pro- she's got a bottle of tango water or something in there. There's more colour in there. No, I think it's great. Okay. So what was, you're normally good at this. What was next? Um, this ad went on to win a gold line at Cannes. Mm, yeah. And it won gold at the Clio's as well. Mm, it did it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what a cynic. Do you know the frog? Yeah. So the frog in the drain pipe was accidental, apparently. Well, obviously, They yeah. just happened to yeah, have well, sure. a camera. There are two people uh, called Rafal Ochme and Mikhail Ma- Matukin did some research. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear. Could you repeat that? They do some research. They, did, they basically research brainwaves. Mm-hmm. And they did some research about this ad with a, they got two bunch, they got two sets of people and they gave them a version of the ad with the frog in. Mm. And a version of the ad without the frog in, mm. and their research, their research showed they prefer it with no French. The fir- the the, um, the version with the frog is much more effective, apparently. Really? Yep. See, the, the jowled with me the frog did, but uh, then again, I was looking at it from a you know production and a, and a you know a media thing. So it just... make, it's a bit of a it makes a bit of a joke of it, doesn't it? Because uh, all that effort, all that pre-production, all that money, and. The bit that most people remember is the frog coming out of the drain what's, pipe. Well, yeah, but what's up with the rubbish bin? Tones of a 250,000 balls running around a hill, down a hill. Five right. cameras, 23, 23 camera people. The balls were fired from 12 air mortars. There were three giant skips which were suspended from cranes and tipped the balls That's out. Brilliant. Each of the three skips had 35,000 balls in it. It's a bit insipid. Even I the mean, first shot required 50,000 balls to be sent down the hill. The art direction's lovely. How they, um, Colliding you know, at a road junction with another 50,000 balls. Dog stranded. They had a team of 50 interns just to gather up the ball because they did six takes. It took four days to film. It's been advertising glamorous. Golf nets were erected at the size of the street and every drain was blocked. But still, there was lots of... Smash windows, apparently. But look at that, right? I just paused on there. There's no colour in that. You don't look at it. There's, nah. 2005. It was obviously a big deal in 2005. Well, not really. I mean, it, you know, it wasn't that long ago. Okay, so um, I wrote down here. This is I me. This is, this is what I wrote down. 
Beyond, this is me, beyond the obvious visual link to the idea of colour by association with visuals, the ad evokes a childlike response. We all had bouncing balls as a child, and we all experienced the feeling of a ball running away from you. That slightly out of control, what's going to happen feeling. The ad reinforces the childlike wonder of the visuals. That doesn't really make sense, does it? By showing a child, but also an elderly person looking at seeing through a window, the bemused dog and the frog out of the, of the drain pipe. See, now, if they were coming down on space hoppers, right, <laughs> a bunch of people coming down on colourful space hoppers, that would have been interesting. But did you write that as a summary? Yes. See, I'm thinking a little bit defensive, not. I don't think yeah, you've ever no, written no, down no, a summary no, I think, before. I think, no, it's kind of interesting in that we've got slightly raw. You're, you're a little bit more cynical about this. I um, I, I kind of, I, I wanted to love it. I do love it. I really like it. And I wanted to love it more because what they did was they stopped saying, oh, the screen is 70 inches mm. and it's mm. got X pixels and it's users. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't one instead, TV, was it? And instead they said, you know, what they said was make life colourful. Mm. They made you kind of feel something beyond... <laughs> Annoyed, obviously, but um, but it's not. It's, it's an engine inside. It's not one TV. It's not you know. It wasn't about the the, the depth. It wasn't about the, the size. It wasn't about. I, 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 have, I have no kind of dog in the fight. I just, it made me feel something, which I think is quite rare with television advertising. Mm. Okay, I, it, it's it's good. It's beautiful. It's give us a number for the brand. Oh, did you know what? Uh, after you watched, <laughs> sorry, it's got to be a one. <laughs> Oh, I mean, okay. I had a client, you know, which which would have, probably would have been the best campaign we would have ever done in our creative lives. Um, we, we sold it to five different territories, you know, that never normally talked. There was Europe, it was Germany, UK, North America, and um, it was turned down because well, it wouldn't work with the volume off. Right? Yeah, I remember. Mean, it really that. annoyed me. So I don't want to be, you know, well, it could be for anyone if you put the logo at the end. But it could be for anyone if you put the logo at the end. The message is, is sort of great. Maybe it's the Coke, Pepsi. Coke did it first, so they own it. Maybe Sony own this. Maybe, you know, they probably own, you know, they took the high ground, own the territory of bright colour. Um, and it's a bit more of a you know, spectacle than LG did. LG would have done, I don't know, um, Skittles falling off the kitchen sink, I suppose, you know. In, in, so it is, it's grand, it's amazing. But for the brand, personally, one. Three million hits on the website. Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, casting, casting's a bit of a weird one in this ad in that there are, there's a couple of peripheral... Yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's a child gazing in awe right at the very start. I don't like it. Actually, they actually, the child's not gazing in awe. The, the child looks as though they're hiding from an artillery barrage, don't they? I don't... Yeah, there's a dog that's shit scared. The do- um, yes, yes, there is a dog. But it's actually worth having a look at the making of video. It's quite interesting. The, the entire crew are all wearing protective clothing. From what? Because of the... Old. The camera crew kind of set up these emplacements in the middle of the street behind little barricades and just point, poke their heads up and they're wearing goggles and everything. It's quite interesting. There's um, some, sorry, some another. See, the, the big opening of the city promises more than what comes. I'm, I'm not going to watch it the whole lot again. But yeah, I mean, I love the um, the craft of the cars. I did notice that's beautiful. Really nice art direction, I think. But yeah, there's the dog. It's all a bit twist. It's a bit obvious. It's like this was in the storyboard. You know, look, what should we have now? Show an old woman. Should we have someone looking shit? Yeah. God. Casting. Two. Levels of cynical. Two. And that's 1.9 for the balls. So apparently they had to close off four uh, four streets, virtually mm. a whole block in San Francisco for, for, for uh, two days to shoot this. Oh, sorry, 12 streets they closed off mm. for two days. And they had 50 interns who were supposed to gather up all the balls. There were 250,000 of them. And in the end, the people of San Francisco came out to help. That's very Franciscan. Yeah. Turned into a, a kind of community event. Which Otherwise, like it would have The end of that street goes right into the harbour where all the seals are. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's over, over to um, Alcatraz. Uh, can we talk about the craft? There's a bit There's a bit of craft in the end. There is a bit of craft. There is a bit of craft. I'll give them that. I say the art direction is beautiful. The balls look like they've been like blown with one of those um, va- um, blowers in the morning. <laughs> Um, Sorry, how do you mean? No, that some of them just look like they've been forced down the hill. Oh, they have. They've all been fought out, fought, yeah, fired out of fucking air mortars. They, yeah, yeah, they, know, they built a load of compressed air guns, basically, to they fire look, them out. Are they, were they ping pong balls? Or were they, no, yeah. no, they were See, super so balls. The trash, the trash. Now, the trash is really colourful. What the fuck is... The, what do I want to look at a bunch of bloody takeaway and... Yeah, bollocks. Okay, come on, come okay, on. craft is very talk, good. Talk to me about the craft. craft is beautiful. So, I'll t- give it for the craft 4.9. Yeah. Okay. And tell us, um, tell the, the both our listeners why you gave it four point nine. What is the, uh, the what is the difficulty the, and what is the where is the craft? Well, you know, at the end of the day, you are dealing with a bunch of random balls flying down the hill. You've got to tell a story, and you know, when you're trying to tell a story about something that isn't real, it's very difficult when you try and make it look real. 
So I think the craft have done very well. So the static shots where it's got, you know, the supporting sort of objects like the cars are beautifully put in. So, it, you know, it roots itself in normality, if you like, by all the, um, the static things like the cars, which are recognisable. And then, you know, with all these crazy balls falling down, adds the sort of bizarre wonderment. Yeah, the old woman like looking at the window. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you know, if you said to somebody, right, imagine 250,000 balls flying down the street, it's very hard to imagine, right? So they've done well in that. Yeah, I mean, it's some of the, you know, like the little, there's Mr. Miyagi's truck there in there, the little yellow. Do you reckon um, the client took a bit of a, uh, a gamble with this? It could have gone awfully wrong, couldn't it? It could have, yeah. Only two days. Only, seals only two days to set it up and shoot it. So it's like, I mean, there's beautiful shots. I do love the shots where they're tracking with the um, with the balls down down the hill like that. Like they've obviously got a camera off the back of a, a rig and they're pulling it and like they're running along with the balls. Like and that. they went large with the slow motion, didn't they? Yeah. Like, well. See that that works. But then you go to this shot, which is a bit, and it all stops again. So it's a little bit just as you get a bit of energy. We come to this. You know, two thirds of the way through, and then it's back to looking at. You know, I mean, I'm looking at the dog or I'm it's very difficult to describe this when we're doing audio only. But there are some shots where the the, the backgrounds look to have been deliberately kind of grayed off. They've used oh, the a lot of contrast to get the balls foregrounded and bright. There's a lot of depth of field used by the camera. But then there's a lot that isn't. Yes. So there's some beautiful arty shots and then there's some very kind of standard stuff, isn't there? Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting because you, you've got the energy of these balls at one moment and you're coming down with them, you're flying down with them and then you're static and they sort of be, you know, gathering a heap and then suddenly you're off again. Look, and then you knock over a rubbish bin with yeah. a takeaway. Guy. So what's, what's that about? I mean, I would have... If, if, if I'd have been involved in this, I would have fought quite hard to get rid of the rubbish bins. I reckon. I'm not sure what the value is of the frog in the drain. We've got to show the real people. Not, not sure oh, what the frog is. Right. I mean, it's quirky. Yeah. It's not unplanned. Sure it's because, well, everybody remembers it, right? This is going to make or break this ad at the moment. We, um, it's, it's looking pretty fucking average. Um, creativity. I mean, it's got to be up there, right? Because it is a beautiful piece of film and it's, and it's a great bit of media. Is it a great ad person? I don't think so, but... Yeah, what do I know? 4.2. 4.2. It's a nice idea, and obviously a lot of planning went into it. But if if it was mine, I'd love to say, yeah, I had the idea. At the end of the day, when I watched see it, the online, I'd go, yeah, it's good, isn't it? You know, there'd be a little bit missing. I'd kind of go, oh, is it really what I imagined? 12.1 points. There you go. Contextually... That's not very good. Well, I'm surprised. I thought that was um, I thought that was a creative director's ad. I thought it well, was the like I say, it's, it's a beautiful bit of film. I love the song. It's just the wrong song. It is no energy. I mean, that that is a really sort of, you know, emotive track. I love it. But it's not got any... I mean, when you talk about colour, you want punch. You know, you want some power, right? I'm not talking about, you know, you don't have to have... I'm walking on sunshine. Yeah. Oh. What else would you put on it? Oh, I don't know. What do you put behind that? Um, what's got colour in the in the name? Show you true colour. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I thought the whole point was that it was supposed to be slightly mesmerising. It, it is mesmerising. Yeah, it is. It is. But is that what colour's supposed to be? Isn't it supposed to be like get out and, and grab you? I mean, if you're doing mesmerising, we should have just put a, you know got a bucket and put some oil in it and watch the little rainbow patterns and the bubbles. Uh, look, in the end, I go back to my original argument. I think that the brief was make a, an ad that will become that people will talk about, make us famous. And I think I, I personally think they did it. Whether or not it's very good. Oh, it's brilliant. I mean, it's, whether it's, it's not a question. I mean, automatically, as we're talking about it, it's good. You yeah. know, we don't like we, we pick classic ads that everyone loves. It's good. And, you know, it's, if I did it, yeah, I'm sure I'd be very happy with it. Oh, it's I interesting. I think it, that one of the interesting things is I chose that ad, and when I first mentioned it to you, you didn't remember it. Or no. You did after a little bit of a prod. But it's obviously but not to, something that's... To be in, fair, I, wasn't in, I was in Japan at the time, so it wouldn't have run there. Right. Or I didn't see it, um, right. especially if it's over eight seconds. Um, <laughs> don't tackle, don't tackle. And, and they would have run their um, tag at the beginning, it's a Sony. And then run the ad for eight seconds, and at the end go, it's a Sony. Isn't, isn't it funny? Because um, at various... Stages. I am prone to randomly shouting out, "It's a Sony!" Really? Because that ran in oh, the yeah, that, what was that? that that ran in the UK for a long, long time. I can't remember the rest of the ad. All I can remember is the sting. Somebody would go, "It's a Sony!" Yeah, what was that? Um, in Australia as well, I'm sure, because that sounds familiar. And it's kind of interesting. I don't know whether the, the uh, this is my Yorkshire upbringing, where I would never consider buying a Sony TV. Really? Yeah, because I've always. I'm not that interested in technology, and it feels like there. It's a. It's like um. You know, it's a distress purchase. So what would you uh, buy? 
Uh, I'd be quite happy. What was it? I'm trying to remember. What, I was an LG was the last one I bought. That's good. But it all boils down to money, doesn't it? Well, it does. And do you know what? A lot of the engines inside are apparently the same. Yeah. If you believe the, the people on the floor, you know, mm. the Quangfin Group, you know, oh, they make the insides for this country. Yeah, this we, country. Know, we know that the people at Hardly Normal only sell this, they, they sell, sell the ship with the biggest margins on them. Of course. Yeah. Not the stuff that's best technology. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's really interesting. You're, you went all cynical on that. No, I didn't. But so, I went, again, can I just point out that TV on the floor there? Suit See that TV there? Yep. You see, it? it's about as thick as I don't know three Bibles. I don't know. I'm, I don't know what's the latest version. When did you buy that? 2009, and it only stopped working because of my son decided he wasn't having a good day on the Xbox, and the controller flew out of his hands. Um, <laughs> but that's a Sony Bravia, right? And that—that's not. You wouldn't look at it and go, "That's high tech," yeah. right? And that's four years after that ad launched. But I bought it because it's you know. High it's, a Sony. it's a Sony. It's a Sony. Good on you. Well done, Juan. That was good. And the rest of you, F. Fallon. I am. Um, I like that a lot more than twelve point one points. Well, well, would you want to cheat it? No, not at all. I think it's interesting. Well, I mean, I I feel like your um, branding. Was- I do feel like your scoring comes from more of a place of understanding. Well, no, it about, the, about the creative part. I haven't anyway. seen the ad run. So if you show me that ad today and said, "What's the branding?" You know, if I turn around to look out the window. See, I would love to see an ad like that run today, but I don't think ads like that run anymore. Certainly not in Australia anyway. And I'm way behind the times in that I'm not looking, I'm not watching mm. UK or American reels anymore. Okay. But it, it's, it's, you if, you, if I saw that ad today, on a, I, would, I would rave about it, I it think. Say, I, I wouldn't say my, my point of view is cynical. I just I question the whole. Maybe it was what somebody said in the you know the creative director's room. And, you know, the first said, yeah, yeah. "What if you shown on another TV?" How we said, and they went, "You're a wanker, you dickhead, get out!" And everyone's afraid to ask. I don't know. I don't know whether my feelings also get coloured by the oh, nice, nice use of colour. The suit part of me that says that yeah, you know, that I've got uh, absolutely no reason to believe that Sony would lie about selling out selling out Bravia TVs three weeks out of the ad, after the ad ran. So let's say it was four weeks. They ran out of TVs in the UK, and from a suit point of view, what an amazing result. Mm. Like if I was the account director on that, and I went to the client and went, yeah, the ad ran three weeks ago, how are we going for sales? And the marketing director went, can't get a Sony Bravia TV in the You're UK anymore. You're as well, right? I'd be absolutely ecstatic. The... Um also, you said this is the first year of YouTube, right? So yeah. this is when you could watch things. This is, uh, you know, before the sneezing panda, right? So this is before you'd virally share stuff, right? Yeah. So you tell somebody about it, and they would go to a website. They'd type in www. All location, no spaces. You know, Sony ad or whatever it was, Bravi ad. HTTP. HTTP, yes, yeah. Colon, colon, forward slash, forward slash, colon. And so, and so people would actually go to the website. Yeah. So it would be interesting to see how it would get viewed today because, you know, there was no sharing device or mechanism. Like, and um, I, don't, like I don't actually know how they pointed people at the website because there's no call to action on that ad. They may have been on the shorter version. The interest, It's an interesting point, actually, in that... Do you think pre, so YouTube was launched that year, pre or around, even, you know, for the year or two years following that, do you think TVs were more important? Yeah. TVs are just not important because anymore, it they? wasn't, they weren't, it wasn't about smart TVs. It was, yeah, it was the, the it was um, just on the verge, wasn't it? It was um, a very good Apple friend of TV. mine has just bought a TV or six months ago she bought it. And the major selling point for her was the fact that it's completely flat and it, it's an LG product, and it's mounted on the wall. And when it's not playing, if you're not when you're not watching the TV, it shows images. So it turns into, for instance, oh, yeah, a picture frame. A picture frame. Yeah. So you can either show your own photographs, yeah. like, or you, or you can buy art. Mm. So it turns into effectively a piece of art. Yeah, which I thought was really interesting. It, it? it does on our, on our smart TV upstairs when it's on sleep. But mode. this thing is, it's called the LG Frame. Yeah, so yeah it actually, it. it stands like on a, a frame. It actually stands on a tripod, I think, and an easel. You can, it? you can get yeah. them to, you get, yeah. yeah. The easel is more fucking expensive than the TV. Yeah. Twelve point one points. Well, that's fairly poor. I'm sorry. As we will see when we do a little bonus episode in the next week or so, which will take us through looking at the point scores of the 21 ads that we've reviewed since we started doing this nonsense. Thanks very much, Tones. Thanks, Steve. Very enjoyable. Bravia. Balls. Balls. Ping pong balls. No, they were super balls. 
Not awesome. Okay. They must That's, why they had to have, really super. That's why they had to pro- have pro- look, look prop at the big, um, the big balloon <laughs> disaster. It's <laughs> amazing. They, like, they tried to launch a million balloons. I think they got a million or something. Something ridiculous. Have you ever tried, have you ever tried something with an ad that went, just went completely wrong? That didn't work? Uh, I'm trying to think if I... If, well, uh, yeah, but it was never going to work from the beginning kind of thing. Well, you didn't actually get to the stage where you binned like half a million dollars and had a crew no, on set. No, quite. No, the other opposite actually um, is that some of the best stuff it was done during the lunch break of another ad. A lot of a lot of stuff does turn out a lot better than you originally thought it would. Is in my experience. Yeah. Although maybe that's my shit worldview. It's gonna go wrong. It's. <laughs> Yeah, parallel time lives. It's everything's going to shit. It's all going to go wrong. That would have been the most boring shoot to be on. They are. I thought I would have thought it'd be quite interesting. A quarter of a million balls going down but the hill. You say they're the Super Bowls, but when you look at them, the light shines through them. They're translucent. Some of them are Super Bowls. They're all, all kind uh, of different. They're all coming ones, out right? now. That's not what I said. I said some of them are Super Bowls. Snuck a few little pinkies in there. <laughs> oh no, there's 240,000 Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, ready? The Super Bowls are all Super Bowls. Really? What, is that in the budget? Yeah, we put 240 Super Bowls. So what are the ones I can see through? Oh, that's Super Bowls. They wanted to do it originally with a million balls, but they couldn't find a million balls. A million coloured balls. And, ball. and apparently there was a ball drought in the USA for quite a while. 250,000 balls. Balls out. Was it? That's what Packer said, isn't it? That ball. was his... his um, ball drought. His um, philosophy on business. Everyday boys, balls out. Good on you. Thanks, Tone. Oh, sorry. Are we still the, going? The bloke, with the, the bloke with the bobcats having a riot next door, and he... Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.